Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. I'm on a switch! Full Service Radio. Through the city, through the city, through the city. Girl, I really wanna know, really wanna know if you coming with me, coming with me, with, with me. It's a place I wanna go, place I wanna go. Through the city, through the city, through the city. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. We are coming to you live from Full Service Radio inside the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C. And if this is your first time here, you are now listening to the All the Fly Kids Show, where the cool, calm, and connected talk straight, no chaser. I am your host, Geronimo Knows, urban culture, lifestyle enthusiast, reformed blogger, turned full time conversationalist, and. I got my new co-host. <laughs> I know y'all get time like, how many co-hosts he gonna have? <laughs> my new co-host in the building. I'm gonna call you Shell B. How you like that? We're gonna we're we gonna go by your nickname. But that's what it is. All right, cool. We got Shell B in the building. You know your girl is here. How you feeling today? I'm actually feeling pretty good. Okay. You know, it's a day that I didn't have to do a lot of moving around. The client and the business partner on a flight to uh, Winnipeg. So I got a chance to actually get my homework done today. I have class tonight, so it's a good day. Word, word. Yeah. All right. Well, as y'all know, you can find us wherever podcasts are heard. Um, everywhere where podcasts are heard. You think of a podcast platform. I'm not even going to go down the list, but every podcast platform you can think of, we there. We're not on title, though, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll get there one day, but uh, we're not there, but we are everywhere else. But wherever, wherever you listen to us, make sure that you rate, comment, subscribe. Rate, comment, subscribe, rate, comment, and subscribe. And please, please, please send us any questions, comments, concerns, anything to us via All The Fly Kids on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can email us, info at alltheflykids.com, or you could call the phone number, area code 202-780-6181. Leave a message, send a text, and we will definitely make sure that we address whatever it is that your issue is or that your comment or question is on the show. All right, so... This is episode 122. It's another Music is the Answer episode. It's, it's actually fall now, so I'm calling this the, uh, the climate change episode. <laughs> um, but we're not talking about the environment today. We're going to be talking about the obvious and somewhat unfortunate climate change in hip-hop culture. Uh, we brought in someone who's been a contributor to the culture in D.C. and beyond the Beltway for a long time to join in the conversation. So this brother here is a graduate of the renowned Duke Ellington School of the Arts in Georgetown. He's also one half of the hip-hop collective, the 1978ers, having produced records for artists like Mamona Youssef, Bilal Salam, and Messina. He's also part of Rhythm Lingo Records, a mobile record store that will bring the vinyl shop to your door. And we've hosted numerous pop-ups around town where people can buy vinyl and meet like-minded collectors. So we're going to get into all of that and hopefully have some time for random aside at the end of the show. So without further ado, please welcome Slim Cat 78 to the All the Fly Kids show. Greetings, greetings. How you feeling today? I feel good. Um, out here just trying to stay stay dry. Stay dry. Know? Yeah, it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's some, some torrential downpours today. Some old gale force winds at some point today we as well. We so we could use the rain, but not the wind. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> keep that. Keep the wind. <laughs> keep the that, wind. That's a whole different thing. But um, appreciate you coming in today. I really do. I know we appreciate just you having me, man. we we connected <laughs> very very recently. You that know, was and, it. That and was I was like, hey, <laughs> we got a guest opening. Let me see if he'd be down to come on because um. You've got an event coming up here, um, and your partner, Earl Jackson, Hello, of, yes. of Vinyl LLC, both yes, of y'all yes. in the building, and um, 
before we get into the event that y'all have coming up on Saturday and just all the different events that Rhythm Lingo Records does, um, mm-hmm. tell people who Slim Cat 78, a.k.a. Slim the 78, is. Uh... I can give I a little I, brief. I don't know if my intro did you justice, so I, I think I, I think it did. I think that was perfect. Okay, perfect, perfect. I feel like uh, I'm a little bit of a, a recluse, so you know, I like people to just look up information. And, you know, I like to stay humble that way. But I mean, just a brief uh, description of how I came up in hip hop. I, I definitely went to Duke Ellington. I actually came. I, I actually went to Duke Ellington to be for visual arts. Mm-hmm. And I ended up coming out like being in the talent show, rapping and, uh, you know, doing beats and actually uh, being part of the literary media um, department at the end of my three years that I was there. Okay. So uh, I, heavy, I got heavy into music. Um, Mr. Yarborough, he was a teacher there when I was there. He's, I think he's back there now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that name. I have a lot of friends that went David to Duke Ellington. Yeah, yeah. He's, the, mm-hmm. he's that guy that taught everybody their instrument and, and you know, had them perfect it and master it. Uh, he's a good guy. Um, and, I mean, after that, I just started my journey in music. I collect. I started really collecting vinyl when I was a teenager. And um, I'm really passionate about, like, just finding and discovering new sound on vinyl whether it's from the 70s or whether it's from now mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I think that really started my uh, my whole vinyl collecting excursion um, and then from there you know I found out things were sampled I tried to figure out who sampled what I was like hey I got that record yeah and uh, that got me into producing mm-hmm. you know beat making and uh, you know, I started landing some landing some uh, placements. After that, I think probably about late '90 and uh, early 2000s, I started landing placements that would end up being pressed on wax and stuff like that. So, okay, what were some yeah. of those placements? Um, uh, one of the first placements I would say that I think people would probably recognize is uh, John Robinson. He had a project called the Leak Edition 2. It actually had like producers like Flying Lotus on it. Mm-hmm. I remember Mad Lib was uh, actually had a track on there. Um, Count, ba- Count Base D had a track on there. There's a few other producers, but I was just like, when it when it did happen, I think that was like 2007 when it when it came out. But when that did happen, I was just like, wow, there's a lot of <laughs> dope producers on here. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Like, I'm on this joint. That's crazy. Um, and further on, um, I've uh, been in collaboration with uh, a lot of local artists. Musina, she's a local artist. She came out of Duke Ellington. Bilal Salam. We actually formed a group called Op Swamp Seventy, Op Swamp Eighty One, um, and it was a, a collective of four musicians just collaborating, coming up with beats. Mm-hmm. And uh, Balasalam and Denisha were—they were the writers and uh, performers on the tracks. So um, that happened uh, later on. Uh, me and my my, uh, my old partner, YU. I mean, we grew up. We've known each other since '97, I believe. Yeah. And so you know, we were always we were always doing music and stuff like that. And, 
you know, later on, um, we landed uh, a one-off deal with Mellow Music Group. Okay. Um, around the same time, Diamond District formed and Odyssey. XO. Um, yeah, XO. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, we actually had, while you had his own thing going, aside from that, so we all kind of, like, helped lift each other up and, like, you know, do shows together, um, you know, push each other's music out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been sprouting from there. Like, I, I've, had a, I've had a placement with Eric Robeson, some R&B, some other R&B acts as well. Word, a um, favorite of mine. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, he puts on a good show. I like, yeah, I like, yeah, he I puts like on going a really to see Eric Robeson perform. He puts on a really good show. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What's well, a, what's just a, to name a few. What's some of your uh, favorite uh, pieces of vinyl that you own? Wow. Uh, Give us three. Give us three. Um, off the break, I say a few things. Oh man, that's a good one. I have D'Angelo Voodoo on vinyl. That's one of my favorite wow. albums. Okay. Uh, I also have. Um, there's a promo copy of uh, a Slum Village, mm-hmm. Fantastic Volume Two. It's 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 a bootleg of Fantastic Volume Two. It actually came out before anybody knew what it was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was on. Inis- they got a deal with Interscope a while back, and they sort of did like an overseas release. And I I caught wind of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so D- uh, obviously Dilla, for obvious reasons, Dilla is one of my idols. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And uh, I'd, I'd say P Rock and CL Smooth making a soul brother. Mm-hmm. Okay, one of my, yeah, three yeah, of my a, favorite vinyls. Those are some good ones. Those are yeah, real yeah, good yeah. ones. Uh, of course, growing up in the city, mm-hmm. what was your favorite record store to go to? Ooh. Man, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, See, I had one right at my fingertips. I used to, I used to hit the Wiz. I used mm-hmm. to hit Kent Mill. Yeah. Kent Mill used to have stuff on sale, and I used to be like, "Let me get these." <laughs> you know, I used to I caught I used to catch them right when they were like going out of business, mm-hmm. and I just hit up them them budget bands with the records. The budget uh, bands. <laughs> there was uh there was one I'm blanking out right now. I'm trying to think of this one record store that was off of Rhode Island Avenue. I cannot. I can't think of a. Uh, what to save my life? Yeah, um, so I was a saving record girl. Yeah, over in South. I was saving. Yeah, up on the hill, on the yeah. hill Pennsylvania Branch Avenue. Yes, yeah, Southside. So I got some stuff from Savings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a few. Uh, the good day, the good days of Mad T Music Box, U Mad Street, T Mad T's Music wow. Box. So let me tell you, I fa- I found Ooh. the sign. It was in somebody's. No, I don't have it. It was in somebody's backyard on on Sherman. Sherman Sherman Yeah, I I, I, I walked past some years ago. I was just like, "Wait, is that the Mad (laughs) Tea?" Like literally, just hanging out right there in the backyard, right there in in somebody's backyard. I don't know if if the owner. That's where I I forgot his name. Uh, If that's where he lives, or but somebody has it. It's in a backyard on Sherman Avenue. Wow, that's hilarious. Yeah, Earl, you over there chuckling. Like I know Earl can name some names. No, no, that looks like somebody's finding uh, the starships and star, uh, funkadelic starship in somebody's backyard. <laughs> yeah, and that, well, like, well technically, that it is in somebody's backyard. Right yeah. now, the backyard of the museum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, indeed. All right, so how did the two of y'all start working together? Uh, 
I'll let Earl talk. Well, about that. yeah, uh, I met Zach through my son-in-law. Uh, at a, I'm not sure how he met him, but he introduced me to him, and he told me he was into music and vinyl, and so that was the connection for me. I'm, I'm into vinyl, so okay, that's that's how I got to to meet Zach. Okay, okay, and then y'all just came up with the idea to create Rhythm Lingo Records. Well, I mean, I I had the Rhythm Lingo Records thing going. Um, Rhythm Lingo is my publishing. Okay. I use that as my publishing when I when I um, do production. And Rhythm Lingo Records ended up forming at the same time because I had triples, quadruples, copies of stuff. Mm-hmm. And people used to come over and be like, yo, let me buy that from you. <laughs> so I just ended up turning it into something like something where I can actually advertise it, building a brand off of it. So, um, But when I met when I met uh, Earl's um, stepson, um, I was out vending in Brooklyn, right in the, uh, right in that area. There's a market that happens on Saturdays there. I was out there vending, and uh, he was like, "Man, you seem like you, you know you seem like you know your music." Mm-hmm. He's like, "My you know my dad, he's uh, really good to. He has this thing called the Vinyl Lounge Listening Club, and uh, we met and." Uh, yeah, that's how I started. And I, I seen that he was doing it before I was doing it. So I was just like, look, whatever you got going, I'm trying to learn from you. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's dope, too, because I know there's a lot of, um, I mean, vinyl collecting and vinyl uh, collecting pop-ups and events are very popular. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I don't know. From the ones that I've seen, what you all are doing, it seems more... Um, Authentic. Organized and authentic and, 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 and what have you. It's coming from a place of, um, you know, y'all are sharing your love and not necessarily on the, uh, well, I wouldn't say, is, 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 would you say vinyl collecting is trendy? Like these events is, are this trendy or? It, it became a trend. trend. Yeah, it, it, it became a trend. a trend and then it turned into something else. And it was just like, wait mm. a minute, for those of us that, you know, have a collection, it was like you didn't want to go to it anymore. Mm-hmm. So you wanted some, you wanted it to be authentic. You wanted the people that were running it to be authentic. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was, you know, that was the biggest thing. People weren't humble when they were doing it. Yeah, true. They were not humble. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the biggest goal, I mean, for me personally, the biggest goal was when I, when I came into it with him, I felt like my goal was to just, because I'm, I'm a little bit younger and I feel like a lot of the guys that I talk to are younger than me. And I can actually school them to how things were so, yo, such and such sampled it. Mm-hmm. Such and such used this. Oh, but did, have you listened to the actual song? It's actually better than, <laughs> you know, sometimes, in some cases, it's actually better than Absolutely. the song is sampled. Absolutely. So yeah. that starts a lot, of, a lot of the conversation. But I mean, my goal really is to kind of bridge the gap mm-hmm. between the generations of music lovers because I've seen how divided it could be especially in this area Mm -hmm. oh yeah I feel like it could be something (laughs) I feel like it could be something great if we actually kind of like come to common ground and figure out okay that's the reason why I like Mm Go-Go because such as Chuck Brown was part of this band called the Soul Searchers back in the day Mm -hmm. that Eric B and Rakim sampled Mm -hmm. paid in full for Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so it's like I like to connect stuff like that so we can have those little fun facts and the edutainment part of, you know, bringing it to the youth 
and having that generation gap bridged. Uh, right, right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so this weekend on Saturday at, uh, is it pronounced Sato or Soto? Soto. Soto mm-hmm. on down on 14th Street. Y'all are having an event, um, a jazz-only vinyl listening session. Yes. Yeah. And so I actually got excited when I saw that because, so I go through these waves where, you know, I'm like, all oh, hip-hop. Like, that's all I'm listening to. I'm just listening to nothing but rap. Then I switch over to jazz and house. And so right now I'm, I'm, I'm back more so on the jazz and house wave just because um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I'm feeling about rap right now. It's kind of disheartening because I always say I'm not going to be one of those people that when they turn <laughs> 35 plus 40, that's going to stop listening to rap. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I'm fighting it. I'm trying my best to fight it, but I'm it with you, I think also because um, <laughs> streaming and whatnot has there's so much music coming out so often. You're not you don't have uh, enough time exposure. to sit with things. Mm-hmm. It's like I can't get excited about new releases, even by artists, um, younger artists that I actually like. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I find myself listening to um, going back into my, my my jazz and house music bag. It's even funny yeah. when you were um, that's the vibe too. It was funny when you were talking about you know sampling. I was watching um, a few documentaries about. Um, house music on YouTube and it's funny because you know I've been listening to just electronic music in general since I was like nine you know mm. the, you know because like Baltimore club music and then yeah. from there I got into um, drum and bass and then from there I got into um, I got into house music um, and then you know that's when all these other forms of music came out you know what I mean um, and Hearing a lot of the records because they started from the very beginnings, like you know mm-hmm. um, how Frankie Knuckles ended up in Chicago from New York because he didn't want to be in the shadow of Larry Levan. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know all of that, and I was just like, if people really knew, even with house music, how much of this stuff has been sampled. And sometimes I'll go on my stories and show people like, yeah, you know this song. Well, if it weren't for this song, it would, you know, I'll do stuff like that. I'll do my little yeah. educational thing. But, I mean, but it's it's so needed. It's needed. Right. It's and so true. I got excited. Um, same thing with jazz. You know what I mean? I got excited um, when I saw that y'all are doing the jazz only thing because it was like, man, jazz used to be what the, the cool kids were listening to <laughs> at one point. You know what I mean? Like that used to be the thing. It was the crazy, sexy, cool. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Like if, if, if you was really like hip, you were the one. You were you were at the jazz lounges. You knew all the acts. You were one of the acts. You played with the bands. You know what I mean. All these different things. And so, um, um, talk a little bit about that. Just you know the um, the the inspiration to uh, do I, I, this. Event. I want to make another little comment before okay. I get to that. Though, okay. But you you mentioned about hip, listening to hip hop as you get older. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that came to mind was that when as you get older, hip hop is going to change. Right. And the artists that you are enamored by now will be old mm-hmm. and uh, whether or not you still you still will be listening to them but you, there'll be new artists and new hip hop and mm. hip hop won't be the same as it is today right mm-hmm. so um, just a little tidbit you will yeah. and evolves well, it's and ha- that's that's the same thing with jazz mm-hmm. jazz has evolved to hip hop yeah, yeah uh, true. that's where we are right now and jazz has been around since the 30s and 40s mm-hmm. and even earlier but uh, it's it's classic uh, mm-hmm. jazz is uh, classic and it's Innovative and it's artistic, and it it's, uh, produces uh, has produced many many talented people. Absolutely, mm-hmm. artists who have given up a lot to this world. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, I want to say that um, I love the location of where you're having the event. Okay, um, because it is just a hip 
cool yeah. spot that yeah. has not blown up to where not you yet. can't get in the door. <laughs> and I think it's I think it's going to stay that way. Well, that's great. I think so too. Yeah. I think it's going to uh-huh. stay that way. Now I've been in there when it's been wall to wall. Um, so I, I just want to say kudos on, on definitely on the location. The, 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 yeah, I, I loved it too the first time I went there just to, for another another event. But going there really set it off for me as far as my uh, my plans are concerned or were concerned. I, I've always envisioned doing vinyl listening in a, a lounge, mm-hmm. in a place where it's very comfortable. You have food, you have drink, you have people, you have an environment, you relax, you can talk. And just have fun. Mm-hmm. And if you want to, you can dance. <laughs> okay. So, but we don't normally dance at, at jazz sessions. But uh, it's really about the music. It's about the artists. We talk about the music. We talk about the artists. Uh, enjoy the times. Relive the times. And uh, some of the people who come through are very uh, aficionados in jazz, and they have a lot of history. Some of them are maybe play, ex-players themselves, mm-hmm. or they have seen players in. Uh, but it's, a, it's, it's really a, an experience to, to come to an event and just hear the music and talk about the music and, and meet new people. Yeah. So, uh, What are your three favorite uh, out of your vinyl collection? Oh. Yeah, you, you know I was going to ask. <laughs> no, no, so but, but the thing about it is I, I love music. Uh, I <laughs> what do, what, when you rub your hands over the top of those records? Well... It depends. It depends on my mood and what, how, what, what I want to feel like right now. On a day like today, what are you going to listen to? <sighs> well, the other thing is the genres. There's jazz. There's R and B. There's classical. There's country and western. Yes, because currently on streaming for me is Willie's Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> so it you really and I can't I can't really say follow the top up Benny three. the Butcher. Uh, uh, <laughs> if you paid attention to last week's <laughs> podcast, you know I'm Willie Willie Nelson and Benny the Butcher. <laughs> Cross generations. <laughs> I I've been collecting vinyl records since um, the '60s, and uh, I, I'm I'm an R&B. Grew up on R&B, and I love R&B. I can't get so away from R&B. I, so I'll ask you this: so you, you, you're skating around my question. <laughs> I'll ask you this. My what, three favorite no, R&B artists. No, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I was going to ask you what's your favorite Norman Connors. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say, you got to get specific. You got to get specific. Okay. Am, am oh, I no. am I hitting you in all the? That's a lot, right? You there. are Norman Connors. He's one of my favorite artists. Uh, can I, look, can I call you Mr. Earl. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Earl, tell I me. I love Norman Connors. Tell me about Norman. What's your favorite? I know that's hard. I'm not supposed to ask you easy questions. No, you thought. Yeah, yeah, can I pass? Uh, okay, I got. I got. Okay, I got a slight. I, I, might, a I got what might be a slight on a friend. So let's talk about jazz real quick. Top. Not. not let's say top three. Let's say three artists, three jazz musicians that are not Davis, Coltrane, Gillespie, Silva, Morgan. Bird. Bird, that if people want to listen to some like classic jazz, who they can get started well, with? Well, I'll, I'll go back to my, my beginning of collecting uh, jazz on vinyl and starting with, I mean, I started out collecting one of the first artists, Ramsey Lewis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ramsey Lewis really turned me on. And he was not really a jazz artist, but he was at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and considering now that it was more smooth jazz at that time, he was not a true straight ahead jazz artist mm-hmm. but um, Ramsey Lewis influenced my love of music more 
uh, as a jazz artist, I considered him at the time. Uh, Les McCann. Okay. And the thing, the thing that's central to both of these guys, Les McCann and, and, and Ramsey Lewis, is the piano. Mm-hmm. I grew up as a child. I took piano lessons. My aunt taught piano, and I was forced to learn piano because my brother played the piano, and he was good. <laughs> he was in the band. He played the trumpet. He played the piano. He played in bands, and he was really who got me interested in, in music. But the piano, the piano itself and keyboard artists are really who I I love more than anything else. And uh, saxophone is the second uh, instrument that I like with any artist. Uh, thirdly, uh, it's hard to say right now. What is, what is the question? Because I, I, I can... So I, it's for people who, wanna, who, who have an interest yes, but yes. haven't really gotten yeah, well, dug so, deep. And who's, who, who, should they start, who should they listen to that's so, not the ones yes, names you always So Ramsey, Ramsey is a good, good con- contrast between old school and new school jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I would say Ramsey, and then I would say uh, um, Les McCann, mm-hmm. and uh, I know one. Amma Jamal. Amma Jamal. Okay. Amma Jamal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Actually, I know. Okay, I know Amma Jamal. When I um, when I was an Uber driver, uh, and I would turn on the uh, Real Jazz station, they played a lot of his stuff. Amma Jamal was purchased by my brother. He was five years older than me, and he was uh, that album, Amma Jamal Live. Uh, I forget the name of the club in New York City was alive, but Ponciana, uh, really the song Ponciana by Ama Jamal. If anybody wants to listen to real jazz, That's early it. jazz, listen to Ponciana mm-hmm. by uh, Ama Jamal. Okay. Uh, classic. All right, y'all. For anybody's listening, and like I said, y'all had an interest in getting into jazz music. There you go. Some three, those three names you can listen to besides the ones that you always hear about. Um, those are those are wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Ramsey Lewis definitely is is in my playlist, and that's, I think I was introduced at, at fairly young in in my introduction to to music, mm-hmm. and well into jazz. Les McCann teamed up at some certain times with uh, uh, Eddie Harris, who was a, j- a saxophone player. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of one of my favorite tunes. That uh, Les McCann and, and Eddie Harris did was compared to what? Okay. Mm-hmm. Find, take that out. Okay. It's, awesome it's, uh, singing. Les McCann, Eddie Harris. Piano. What? Okay. Saxophone. Will you Will you play that on Saturday? Uh, yes, I will. Hey. I will. I'll okay. bring it. Okay. I'll bring and it. Two of those artists actually have. I mean, they had ties to DC. I mean, I know Ramsey Lewis recorded. The in crowd. The in yeah. crowd. He, called, he recorded, recorded that, that in, Bohemian in DC. Caverns in DC. The, uh, what was it? Um, Bohemian Caverns. Bohemian Caverns, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So he actually has two albums. Rest in peace, Bohemian Caverns. Oh, <laughs> yes. but have you oh, seen it now? No. Oh, wow. Drive By. What is okay. it? I saw it for the first time last night. They've taken the um, brown, you know. The door? Construction. Oh. No, the door is still there, but oh. they've taken the brown. We don't want you to see what's going on inside. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Like, I, I was just, my eyes just gaze. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. but then it breaks your heart. It's bittersweet. Yeah. It breaks Man, your if heart. If they get rid of that door, I want that door. <laughs> I, I, I think O is going to go for that door. I know before, he is. Before anybody else. I know he is. Shout out to O. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So now. I want to talk about um, producers because um, you are a producer, mm-hmm. and um, more specifically, because I think on a on a on a national level, you know, producers get certain producers get 
a lot of credit, but I say locally speaking in DMV, producers here don't get a lot of credit for just mm. the work that they've done, the work that y'all have done with artists from here as well as artists out from outside the Beltway. Why do you think that is? That's I gotta agree with you on that. I mean, I haven't really, I haven't really thought about it because I'm always thinking of ways to come up with stuff, you know, just create new stuff anyway. Mm -hmm. But um, I really believe that I feel like it's just like any old story where um, an artist goes somewhere else to get recognized and then comes back to his hometown. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, people are starting to recognize what's happening with him as well. Um, Also, I feel like uh, I mean to be blunt. Please feel, be blunt. I, I feel please. like you don't mind being blunt. Please, we are. The, you have the floor. To all be my blunt. years of living here, I I do feel like sometimes it could be a cliquish environment, mm-hmm. like just artists, just artists in general, and that's one of the reasons why I like to try to catch a younger generation before. It happens all over, like from what I've experienced. Okay. You know? And uh, yeah, the, I think that ego, that ego has to die at some point. Yeah. You know, for us to actually be a little bit more recognized than what we, where we are at now in terms of uh, artistry and just being in the music game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like that ego has to die. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's like right. the the DC music wall. It is like certain artists, mm-hmm. certain producers, certain writers. Just certain things just don't get past the wall. It's like mm-hmm. the 14th Street Bridge is closed. True. You can't go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You're just stuck. Yeah. Right here. So we we've had some greats, and it's like why can't? Is it fear? Is it the egos? What makes it so we can't get past? this wall up we've had some great people here definitely you know have those people put their hand back out and said come on let me show you the way or have they kept it to themselves and said no i'm gonna stay where i am you stay where you are we're we're good probably all of those things you know what i mean because i definitely know you know you ask somebody who's like in in tune with what's happening in hip-hop here and they could more easily name all the rappers before they could name a producer right. you know mm-hmm. like one producer one. just even one and well we know we know one chucky yes chucky's that dude but but the, how many people know just about him and what he did and how long ago and there's so many more yeah. right there's so many more that's true chuck a lot of people like chucky can walk in soto right now and i mean actually i can't i mean i wish i could say it on air but He's really close to the venue. <laughs> His well, office is, and I've seen a, I've seen situations where he just walked down the street and be like, nobody knows. Well, see, I remember. So I remember when I was um back when I was working at the Apple Store in Georgetown. He yeah. came in once and he needed some help with something, and he was actually surprised that I knew who he was before he That's even crazy. could tell me. Because yeah, he was he like, yeah, you might know something. Like, I was like, hold on, brother. I already know who you are and you a legend in my eyes. He was like, well, I, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, but I could see, he was like, you know who I am? I'm yeah. just like, trust me. I know, I know who, who you, you are. are. Like, yeah. I've, been, I, I've been reading liner notes 
since as far back as I could read. Right. You know what I mean? So I know who you are. I know what you've contributed to music that I came up on in, in, in the 90s. You right. know what I mean? Right. Um, so that's just something I always like to ask um, because, again, you know, without, without, this, without this backing music, you know, a, 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 without the ideas and the concepts of a lot of producers, you know, we wouldn't have the artists that we love so much today. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just unfortunate that you know, it takes for you to, and, and maybe people, some people just want to play the background, you know what I mean? They just mm-hmm. want to collect their check, put the, get, do the music, and, you know, they don't want the fame. But then, you know, we're now in an era where so many producers, especially in rap, have this fame, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and don't really need it. <laughs> yeah, some, some don't need it. Yeah. I'm sorry, I just... No, don't, don't apologize. Some don't know what to do with it. Don't apologize. But um, I mean, I mean, like, really, like, how are you posing? You did, you dropped one beat, you made this little bit of money, don't forget you gotta pay the taxes on it, and you're in front of a Lamborghini, and you've got on black nail polish. I'm sorry, <laughs> sir? Are those pearls that you're wearing? Which which producer is this? I don't know, Set my song, Love and Hip Hop. Oh, okay. The, Calif- up a scenario. the, the California edition. Who was the dude from D.C. who was on Love & Hip Hop? He was a producer. Dang it. What's his name? He was on oh, Love & Hip Hop New York. Um, oh, I know who you're talking about. Oh, the one man. that made Samaya uh, sleep up in the, um, in the attic. Was <laughs> that? I don't know if Samaya was still on the show. Anyway. 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 But so that brings me to my next point of just how, again, <laughs> the, the name of this, this name of this episode is the climate change the climate episode change. because um, the nail in the coffin in the show, in my opinion, that the, ch- the climate of hip-hop culture has changed entirely is not so much that because there's been there's you know people have been telling since people have been telling as far as the street game goes but the nail in the coffin is Takashi 69 oh. already gets a 10 million dollar record deal Wally's. by his former record label 10k projects promised to him upon his release you know from prison because everybody's anticipating he's going to get the 5k one letter and he's not going to be in jail for long um, I'm so disgusted by all yeah, of this. That's crazy. That in itself, you know, it shows just again the host adage that you know the the rap was influenced by the streets, not the other way around. And that's so much that there's so much money in hip hop now that so many artists are being manufactured. You know, mm-hmm. I remember when we 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 remember when you know there were we learned about Boss and that she was manufactured, and we learned mm-hmm. about. Uh, vanilla Ice and he was manufactured and all these, but now it's like no, Milli Vanilli Milli Vanilli all these people but now it's, it's to the point you got a Milli Vanilli rap artist well you got a few of them you got a few of them you got a few of them and um there's a few I wanted to, I wanted to talk about this too because I saw on your Twitter bio you, you said you know um, you were here before good music died or good music mm-hmm. went away mm-hmm. and um um you know I just wanted to get everybody's thoughts on just like, again, like the climate, as far as I can see, has changed completely. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point where I guess because it's, in, it's completely industrialized. Mm-hmm. So now it's just like, OK, we're just going to make up stuff and it'll be fine because be the consumer has changed so much, too, is that they don't that really too. care about authenticity. They just want to be entertained, yeah. you know? Yeah, I think uh, I think that's true. I think I think a lot of the consumers are more about uh, the feeling and the visual of how that feeling looks Mm -hmm. other than the feeling the actual feeling of the music Mm -hmm. you know like uh, you know if if a girl is like 
looking like she's doing her thing, singing really hard, eyes closed into the microphone, she may sound like trash. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But that is but me her movement. <laughs> her movement looks sexy or whatever. You know what I mean? And I I, I think some consumers are actually drawn to that more than the craft, mm-hmm. or more than the actual talent. You know. I think about what point. he's saying, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the whole tweet, and now this video of what's Iggy Azalea. <laughs> what about? Her? Is that her name? What about her? That's Iggy her Azalea. Iggy, or Azalea Banks? Which one? No, Iggy. Okay, Iggy. the white girl. White girl. Yeah, Iggy Azalea. Yeah, yeah the Ti is like, oh, I shouldn't have done yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I saw yeah, that yeah. he's trying to, you know, make good on that. Make yeah, that he, you like, know, we get it. You he defended have... her and all of this. Yeah, we we get it, Ti. You shouldn't yeah. have done it. <laughs> Um, it's okay, bro. We we good. We we still rock with you. Um, expeditiously. Uh, expeditiously. Um, but this new video that's been released is that they made her look like Cardi B. Oh, I didn't wow. see that. That's crazy. I, 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 I didn't I see that. I had to do a double take because I was like, wait, 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 wait. Cardi got on a, a money suit. Oh, wait a minute. That's not Cardi. Wow. Oh, that's <laughs> icky. So it's exactly what you said. Yeah. It, it's, it's, you know, this manufacturing of this music. And so as the climate changes in the industry, as the record labels and as, you know, are you independent? Are you this? It's like, first of all, $10 million, if he's released from jail, $10 million, $10 million really is no money for somebody who has all these legal fees He's got to live somewhere. He's got to pay a lot of people. He'll be glad. He, he'll be lucky to walk away with a million. That's true. But they'll you do keep... have bills after you get out of jail that you have to pay oh, just I... for being in jail. Well, right. now and now that the feds are really on yeah, it, that restitution. Re- yeah, yeah, he really has to pay. Yeah. He's really got to pay attention. That's um, true. Yeah, just Good go point. ahead, stay in jail. Mm-hmm. Shout out to DMX though for going back into rehab. That's my yes. guy. Yes, he, yeah. he he and I always say. Some of our greatest, our greatest leaders, some of our greatest influences have some like really crazy vices and then just yeah. some real deep, some some strong, some strong demons. They walked that thin line, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Indeed. even before he could get back in the studio, he was like, you know what? I'm gonna check myself in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because going into that studio, I really think that you know once he comes out and you know once he gets back in the studio, X still has it in him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He gonna call everybody out. <laughs> he gonna t- he gonna call everybody out. I don't think he is. He gonna he gonna say it for what it is. No, I think that I think that the climate change for for him is he came out and every hit that he he had his underground hits, including that stupid party up. Um, Y'all gonna make me lose my mind. Well, he literally did. Um, I, I think I don't think I don't want to say it's not much of a change for him. I just believe that the climate change, he's going to be able to come out, even if he does six songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just do six. Mm-hmm. Don't force yourself a whole 15 and and everything else, you know, like that. Yeah. Just, just do mm-hmm. six. Okay. And and you got it. Well, again, I, 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 I just think, again, people, because the consumer of, of hip-hop and the culture has changed so much, has broadened so much. It's a, mm-hmm. glo- it's a global industry now. Yeah. You know, people, and what applied at the beginning of hip hop does not apply now um, so much because people got money. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it it really doesn't make a difference to what people are if people are holding up codes of the streets or whatever. The authenticity part that mm-hmm. used to be such a 
you know, a, a big factor in hip hop. You know, where you from, repping where you from, and you actually being from there. Well, all these different things. Like nobody cares. Nobody mm-hmm. cares. Like the the younger consumer doesn't care so much anymore. Um, and I was watching. I watched a clip of uh, from uh, Danny Brown's Rap Radar interview where he was saying that uh, clout chasing is the new player hating. In that two things. One, he was talking about how you know there's a lot of people who are clout chasing um, to the point where even he has he in one of his records on his new album he called he was he he takes a jab at some OG rappers saying you know you're even you even aligning with rappers who you know are on some clown shit you know that is justifying their actions just because you want to i guess stay in the game keep the money coming in this that and the third but mm-hmm. because cloud chasing is so high now it's also putting a damper on um people just wanting to network mm-hmm. and he was like you know at a time when the barrier to entry in hip-hop was so high you know you had to go talk to the person that you knew was like a gatekeeper or who was That's connected true. like mm-hmm. and it would nobody would have looked at you crazy you would just be like yeah you know you know this is my music i'm i'm the shit da, 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 da. but now if you do that people are like oh man you 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 clout chasing da, 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 mm-hmm. you know and and that's why i was saying it's now it's clout chasing is the new player hating but I think cloud chasing has always been around. You know, I'm gonna come over here to yeah, you, Mister Earl. Around. Come on, hey, Mister Earl. <laughs> um, would you say that 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 particular individuals have that just stepped down from Motown and things like that? Um, do you think at a time in an era of, of the Motowns and of the the Philadelphia sound and and all of that, you know, would you say cloud chasing is not old? Because I, I I have to go back to the 50s and the 60s and and all of these record labels, you know, that they were, we were putting out white artists, but we knew the black people were singing it. And we knew that there were some greedy producers out there yeah. and some greedy record owners. Like we, we knew all this. So yes. what, all, all of that, including in jazz. It's, well, I don't know about jazz because jazz, the managers and the people who control the music in the jazz area, <laughs> We're of a different culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, I think R&B and, and Barry Gordy and, and the sound of Philadelphia uh, produced a new genre of artists. And uh, even the radio back in the 60s and 70s, uh, you had the big thing that was, you know, payola, where right. a lot of DJs and music music owners, I mean, radio owners were paid by music companies to play their records. Of course. So, and which is still going on today. Yeah. So, it, it, it's, it's nothing new. It's nothing new. It's nothing new. Yeah. Culture over, uh, what, what's the t-shirt? Culture over what? Clout? Yeah. yeah culture, culture over clout. clout. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I just find it interesting, um, and I've been saying when he's when Danny Brown said what he said, I thought the first thing I thought about was the same thing. I, I also thought about this too when I saw that Takashi Six Nine was on trial. Um, when he is Bobby, such a, he is when, such a when, fool. When, when Bobby Schmurder's record, uh, I don't even know who is Bobby Schmurder. You you don't table dance man. I don't know who he Bobby. Is. He came out with that record, uh, Hot Nigga. You know? about a week ago. Oh, Mr. Earl, and everybody I'm over here with you. you every, uh, hot what? Everybody no, was doing. Like, who I don't know who Bobby Smurda is. I don't know who a hot Negro is. <laughs> I, I've seen some hot Negroes out here in these streets, but um, no, I don't. Okay, I don't. okay. So, and I'm really not playing right now. No, I, I, I believe you. I know. I know some people you don't be knowing, and others you be knowing. I don't know, and you've known me for a very long time. Who the 
the hell is a what? Okay, so Bobby Smurda was this kid. From I don't Bro- mean to derail us, but I don't no, know. you're not. You're not derailing. No. I don't know. Uh, Bo- Bobby Smurda is this kid from Brooklyn. Um, young guy. He was part of um, this uh, this gang out there, GS9. I don't know if they were affiliated with. I'm guessing they were affiliated with the Bloods because I don't ever recall not the Bloods, the, the Crips because I don't ever recall him seeing wearing seeing him wear red. But um, GS9, I know it. People that work for the government. Okay, keep going. <laughs> But <laughs> so 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 he got jammed up because of that particular song and some others where he basically was laying out all of the criminal activity in his song about what he and his gang were up to. And the hip hop police were like, oh, here we go. You know, now he is. If um, you all could see my face looking at, at G right now. So unlike unlike Takashi Six Nine, he did not get on the stand and start yeah, singing like a bird. But he is also the um the issue with about his case is that um people were upset that this they were basically throwing the book at him um for I guess crimes that. They were trying to put everything on him, <laughs> even though they got the whole GS9, but they're trying to put everything on him, I guess, because he's the rapper. You know what I mean? Yeah. But nonetheless, I thought about that, and I was just like, well, I remember when the remix to that record came out, and Busta Rhymes and Jada Kiss got on it. And I was just wow. like, well, why y'all on this song? That's crazy. You know, again, that whole old Clout. guy, the older guys are trying to stay on. They're trying Clout. to stay relevant. Yeah. Clout. <laughs> but it's just like, why would you co-sign? This don't make sense. Well, yeah. I guess I'm going to have to Google this stuff because um, I don't. I, I mean, you don't really have to. But you know. I mean, now that I've talked about it, I, I mean, it's out there on the airways now. I've, I've got to figure this out because I, I do not know. <laughs> so I got a question. Uh, the thing about the five foundational elements of hip hop right okay MCN DJN breakdancing graffiti and knowledge that was then what would if we had to rewrite the the hip hop rewrite nobody breakdancing right if we had to rewrite the hip hop constitution (laughs) (laughs) what would the five foundational elements be man I know that's a tough one (laughs) I'm out (laughs) Mr. Earl and I just gonna sit over here and look at y'all. That's right. That's a good one. Um, I know it ain't breakdancing though. I know breakdancing. Oh yeah, definitely. I would say. I mean, there's still some dancing, but it's making. Yeah, I'll say dance. Period. Okay. I mean, at at this point, just like Erica said, hip hop kind of rules the world. Like, hip hop is taking over country right now. Yes. So. Even even if you see a country video with some dancing in it, it's probably hip hop based, you know, d- dance. So uh, I would say for production, dance. Uh, damn, I don't know. I don't know if they can even get the five. <laughs> uh. Um. Stunting? <laughs> no. is, is, is stunting an element now of hip hop? Like, if you ain't making enough money to stunt, but see, that's the problem. Are you really in it? That's, are you, that's, the, the pro- uh, that's the problem with it. It's like, okay, everybody wanted to laugh at Diddy and the shiny suits and everything. And it, I mean, th- there's a whole era. Not of, everybody's shiny. But, but Diddy could really shine. Mm-hmm. Jay Z could really shine. 
Mm-hmm. Ross can, re- can really shine. Uh, Dre could really shine. Like, you got these dudes out here that are making, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll take it back to the Tony Braxton. You're making seven cents an album, and your deal is only worth this. True. And everything in there is rented. Mm-hmm. True. Pretty much everything that was in those videos of our yesteryear it was owned by, mm-hmm. even if it was rented, it was, you really could afford to, to rent it. Like, yeah, you drove it the whole weekend. Yeah. We're going to use it for the shoot, and then I'm going to drive it the whole weekend, and then I'm going to bring it back to you. So, that's true. Stunting is like, eh. I, I I don't think that's a. I don't think it's we can. Definitely not a true form. Yeah, yeah, we 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 can't re rewrite the. You know, that's like trying to write the rewrite the Ten Crack Commandments. Uh, no. <laughs> well, those yeah, could actually because there's people getting high on their own supply now. Well, since, you know, I'm not um, saying no names. But. You know, hard drugs has, have 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 now become a part of uh, hip hop. Uh, which is very odd because it's just no, it's sad. It's it's sad. it's, it's, it's it, sad. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate, you yeah. know. And I think about and we before we end, I, I want to make sure I say this. I, I think about collectives like the 1978ers. I think about Diamond District. I think about you know low budget and how like y'all are like DC's native tongues. That's how I see it. Y'all are like DC's native tongues, like DC's Justice League. Um, mm-hmm. The North Carolina Justice League, not the production mm-hmm. team Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and um, even before that, there was a crew called, I want to shout them out, there was a crew called Effin and Lou. They actually put me I've and my heard old of them before. Okay. Hetty, Hetty, uh, he started a lot of stuff um, in terms of forming a hip hop community in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I mean, we even. It was a point where we even got MF Doom down here to perform before I even knew who he was. Word. I mean, you know, he was still with the group, uh, KMD. But yeah, I mean, we definitely, uh, we definitely had a community. Mm-hmm. Even starting from there all the way up to where Diamond District and all that stuff was buzzing, we definitely had some type of community going on. We support each other. And for anybody, anybody listening who's unaware of who the Native Tongues or the uh, the North Carolina Justice League, I got, I have to put emphasis on North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. Uh, um, so Native Tongues consisted of De La Soul, Tribe Called Quest. Uh, who else was in that? Um, Jungle Brothers. Uh, uh, um, was it Latifah? Latifah. Mo- Moni Love. Moni Love. Yeah. Um, 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 who else we got? Um, um, there's a there's somebody uh, else in there. Uh, Black Sheep. Black Sheep. Jungle Brothers. Um, you Jungle Brothers. Yeah, I said Jungle Brothers. Um, what was the name Jungle of uh, what was the name West. of uh, uh, um, I said them. What's the name of the group that uh, Buster Rhymes and uh, Leaders of the New, oh, Leaders Leaders of the New, New School. School. They were, so that was all Native Tones. And then Justice League um, was headed by uh, Big Poo, Fonte, Knife Wonder. And a whole host of rappers from North Carolina yeah, right. that fell underneath that umbrella. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was like one just to know that these oh, wow. these these movements were happening. Um a name you haven't heard since yeah. uh, the real <laughs> rap city was on. <laughs> you know, and so like I can say that I, I definitely liken y'all to those to those um to those collectives and those in those regions as well. But um you know what I forgot to ask both of y'all when we started? I forgot to ask y'all, what's the flash thing that y'all have ever done? Oh, we sure did. Dang. 
And we can end it here, yeah. (laughs) What's the flyest thing y'all ever done? Oh, man. (laughs) Well, I I, I don't know about the flyest, but I'll say the flyest within the past year. (laughs) Okay. There's no time. There's no time frame on it. (laughs) Yes. Well, I went to Hawaii last year. My wife and I went to Hawaii last year. That's the first time. And that was phenomenal for me. I've never been to Hawaii before. Just and and we flew on a heli- we had a helicopter tour. Okay. Over the island, and that was dramatic. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Tough. Beautiful state. That's tough. Oh man. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll say something that first comes to mind is uh, because I'm, we're talking about the events that we're doing now <clears throat> was. Um, there was one event in Brooklyn. We had a block party. We were not expecting so many people to pop up and show out. Like, um, shout out Raheem Devon. He even came. Through. I don't know even know how he heard about it. <laughs> I think somebody. I think I actually did send him a text. But um, he always got little birdies around. He him. <laughs> came through. So many people came through this block party and. Um, as a result, this is why I'm getting them getting back into doing events because everybody's asking like, "What are y'all going to do something?" Me and my man Gadget, when are y'all going to do something else like that, man? Because that was crazy, and it was just pretty much a producer showcase. It was just like people just playing beats. We had a couple of people performing in between. DJ B Sharp uh, opened up with the uh, with the Zigga Zigga. He was on the one and twos, just spinning spinning songs and. Um, Everybody came through. Everybody hit me up. Raheem hit me up and told me one time. He was like, yo, I, I scouted like a couple producers off that joint. Like, I got one dude in Ohio that I go to his studio every time I'm in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And we got joints now. You know, he thanked me for that. So, and I, that, was, that's, that was just one of the things that drives me. And I feel like that's something fly. You know, I feel okay. like Okay, I agree. I agree. I we used to have a lot of producer showcases out here back in 2009. Definitely used to have a lot. I remember that's when I really got started True. running running around in like the the creative scene out here. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, all right. So this Saturday, Soto, sixteen ten, Fourteenth Street Northwest. Yes, sir. Jazz only vinyl listening session. Yes, uh, and I, I just want to make another comment about the Vinyl Listening Lounge Club. We do jazz only vinyl listening sessions as well as other music genre okay. vinyl sessions as well. So that's really what I do more of the other non jazz okay. vinyl mm-hmm. sessions. We just had one two, two, three weeks ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an end of summer vinyl okay. party. So mm-hmm. we parted. We played party. We played vinyl yeah, party. We had Smith songs. Public Trust the um, last time we did. And then we even had a few dancers there. So, um, okay. Yeah, it was cool. So it, the music changes from event to event, but uh, we do jazz only. We do non jazz only as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. This Saturday, what time does it start? Three, three o'clock mm-hmm. at Soto. It's three o'clock mm-hmm. at Soto. Three to and six. then tell people where they can find each of y'all. Right. I'm Vinyl Listening Lounge Club, uh, vinyl, www.vinylllc.com. Or I'm on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, whatever. <laughs> All right. And it's just, it's just Rhythm Lingo Records. Um, everything is pretty cohesive. You can uh, the dot com it. You can Gmail it. You could uh, look it up on Facebook. Um, but the more more interactive uh, account I'm on is Instagram. So uh, at Rhythm Lingo Records. Where we can find. 
All right, y'all. Well, thank you all again for coming on. I really appreciate this. This was good. Glad we could make this happen. Thank you, sir. Thanks thank for you. having us. All right, y'all. I enjoyed it. All right, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at fullserviceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.